0: It's Farmer Friday on AgPHD Radio. Thanks for joining us today broadcasting from the Morton Studio. I am Darren Hefty and we're taking your calls and agronomic questions all throughout the show this Farmer Friday at 844-44-AG-PHD. You can always email us as well radio at agphd.com and we'll dive into that mailbag here uh, before too long. A lot of great things happening out on the farm right now. It's just beautiful fall weather and we're we're really, I always feel like we're lucking out when that happens because uh, I've definitely been around on years where it hasn't and we're getting a little bit of dirt work done. We've got some tiling that's going to happen here very shortly and uh, cleaning out a, a ditch that, that's kind of filled in over the years and gotten overgrown, that kind of thing. And um, it, it's interesting, I was talking to uh, a guy that we're working with and He's like, man, do you remember 1991, Darren? And I said, yeah, I do. And he said, well, where were you at? I said, I was in college in 1991, and I remember the blizzard that we had uh, for Halloween that year. And he's like, yeah, I do too. He said, we were we were working on some dirt work, and I'm glad we didn't get started on that next project because we wouldn't have got done, and it would have froze up, and it would have been a mess all winter, and uh, that that would have been kind of a nightmare to work on the next year. And You know, you think about it, we we just don't know what's going to be coming down the road. For our area, they're forecasting... A cold winter, but but not that much snow. And we're just going to keep going. We're just going to keep plugging away as long as we get nice weather, get as much stuff done in the fall. That frees us up in the spring to get rolling early. And yeah, I know, uh, I guess Brian, you can speak about this too. You're generally pretty excited when we're dry going going into the winter or dry going into the spring at least so we know we can get that crop in on time.
1: Yeah, I want it dry all the way until, I'd say, mid-May, and then we have all the crop planted, and then it can start raining. That'd be great by me. But, (laughs) you know, you talked about, hey, they're predicting this or that for for the winter. Let's keep in mind, they have no idea.
0: Yeah, Yeah, they have no idea other than maybe a day or two ahead. That's about it. You're right.
1: Right. My wife's uncle's a trainer for the National Weather Service. And I have spent some time with him and gone through national weather stuff and everything. And they're like, yeah, once we're past seven days, it's 50, 50. So we don't really know. We're guessing.
0: All right. Well, I mean, there's a lot of things to, to talk about. You're looking at input costs for our farm for next year. And, you know, we had a couple of spots where our weed control wasn't great. Our crop canopy was slower this year, but what are you seeing when it comes to crop protection? You're seeing, Prices trending up for next year? Are you seeing availability well, better? Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. There, there's almost nothing that isn't going to be available. So, almost, let me rephrase that, almost everything is going to be widely available. So, I'm not worried about supply really at all.
0: Well, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. What uh, about? When it,
1: when it, well, when it comes to pricing, I was just going to say with pricing that there are quite a few things that are down. So Roundup's down, Liberty's down, and there are a lot of things that are down. Now, granted, on average, stuff is up probably, if I'd had to guess, I'd say 3 to 5%, something like that. But, I mean, you mentioned input costs, and I'm hearing so much about, oh, input costs are high. Who cares? Who cares? we got to focus on, does it make money or does it not? Let's look at, what's the return on investment? That's truly what I care about. So don't get me wrong. I'm not saying, oh, I just want to spend whatever. What I am saying is I don't care if something costs $2 or $20. If it makes me money, great. That's awesome. But, I mean, when you mention weed control, there are a lot of fields. My gosh, I looked at so many fields this summer and this fall. They were just a disaster. And the yield loss, unbelievably substantial. But here's the thing. In a lot of cases, people were trying to get by on the cheap in the beginning, And then they realized, "Uh uh-oh, now I'm in trouble. Well, you can't rescue things when they're beyond four or six inches tall. And I know it's a little bit uh, almost a foreign concept to a lot of people anymore because we had Roundup for a while. And then even, quite frankly, 2,4-D and Dicamba, when they were first getting used on the soybeans with the new traits, I I mean, they're working great. Well, now we're back to the way things always work, which is four to six-inch tall weeds. If you're beyond that, good luck. You're probably not going to kill it so you got to start with the pre then you got to start with or use something early post that's got residual and you're killing stuff when it's small because if we kill stuff when it's small we can do it for a reasonable dollar amount and we're ahead but if you ever get behind there's just there's no catching up and then you're spending 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 so plus you're hurting the crop a lot of times so anyway i would say that's the biggest thing is we got to plan ahead and use multiple effective modes of action because i'm also seeing where a lot of companies are just selling, oh, we've got this three mode of action product. Well, You only have one effective mode of action on my number one target weed, so who cares? And a lot of people just fall into this, oh, they said it's three modes of action. It must be good. No, it's not good. Look at what your number one weed is and then try to find three effective modes of action on that weed pre and a couple early post. Well, then you're in great shape. And I don't care what the weed is. I don't care if it's kosher or water hemp or palmer or mare's tail or anything. We can kill every weed out there. There's no problem in almost every single crop, but it's got to start early. And then you can keep the cost down. And like I say, most things are, are flat ish. Uh, so, I mean, there's not a lot of change from year to year, and we still have good commodity prices. So, I think it's going to work out just fine. <laughs>
0: Well, there's certainly been some encouraging programs out there over the last number of years here to, to get farmers to utilize multiple products, multiple modes of action. We've heard some of these programs coming out. What are you seeing? Are there big changes in that or a lot of those programs going to be similar to last yep. year?
1: Yep. A lot are going to be similar to last year. I haven't seen Corteva's officially yet, but I think that's going to be similar to last year. Uh, Bayer is basically about the same as last year. Valent about the same. Um, BSF, Syngenta. I, I, I don't think there are going to be big changes or anything like that. Because I think, quite frankly, a lot of companies are pretty happy. They sold a lot of stuff last year. They made some money. They're like, yeah, let's just keep doing what we're doing.
0: Yep, that's uh, that's a good thing. So we've got input uh, investments. We're going to know right where we're at on on some of those. And you can start locking those things in for next year, uh, which for me, it's fun. As soon as we get one crop harvested, I'm already thinking, all right, what can we do? And I know you are as well. What can we do on this next crop to to make more money and be more successful out there? It's Farmer Friday on today's show. We're taking your calls and questions throughout. Stay tuned.
1: Just because your combine is one brand doesn't mean its corn head should be the same, especially when it costs you yield. Drago corn heads are engineered to harvest more. Lowest profile saves ears, self-adjusting deck plates save kernels,
2: longer knife rollers reduce trash, and aggressive gathering chains pick up stocks. No other cornhead works like a Drago or pays you back like one.
1: See more features and find your Drago dealer at dragotech.com.
2: Pasture spraying season is upon us and your spray window may be longer than you realize. Many weeds like musk thistle and Canada thistle are still able to be controlled after a few light frosts. If you've got some ground that's losing productivity to invasive weeds, turn to proven answers like Weedmaster and Burnmaster from New Farm. Go to newfarm.com forward slash U.S. crop to learn more.
3: It came on a night like any other
0: It's Farmer Friday on AGPHD Radio. Our phone lines are open at 844-44 AGPHD. If you have an agronomic question or if you just want to chat a little about what's going on your farm or what's going on in agriculture, you can also email us radio at agphd.com. Let's head to the phone lines here. Got Justin down in Southeast Nebraska. Justin, how's it going?
4: Pretty good. A beautiful day for fall spray
0: Oh man, you're you're not kidding at all. This is wonderful. I I can't believe the fall weather we've had. It's been been really fun. Do you do a lot of fall spraying on a normal year, and are you ahead of schedule this time?
4: I usually try to get at least the worst spots, but this year's been so they got done a couple weeks early on harvest, and I'm about to caught up, and it's kind of nice.
0: Yeah, yeah. What are you out spraying now?
4: I'd say the biggest problem here is hen bed.
0: So, winter annual weed. So, in your tillage system, are you no till or are you strip till?
4: Oh, we've been no till since before I was even born. Excellent. So, it's a good thing we've been fighting for a long time. And just enough years in there, a guy didn't get any fall spray, and it can kind of get a foothold and make a mess. So, so what works good? I, I do see a lot of
0: fields in Nebraska that don't get fall treatments. And uh, for, for those guys listening, what are some of the keys, I guess, that you'd say to, to get it under control, and which products do you like?
4: Well, typically I just use a 2,4-D dicamba with some crop oil, and that seems to do a great job. As far as in the spring, it's usually so darn cold it's hard to get ahead of, and it. it's usually flowered before a guy can get warm enough to get out there and get it. <clears throat>
0: Yeah, I totally agree with you. We, we don't have as much hen bit on our farm, but we'll end up getting some mare's tail and we'll get uh, dandelions and those kinds of things out in, in our strip till or fields that we're not doing any tillage on. And you're right. If we can hit them in the fall, we've got a lot better weather right now than what we're going to have generally in April when you want to try and get things done.
4: Oh, I, I got a question. Sure. We haven't planted wheat in quite a few years, and this year at the market's the way they are. And I put some wheat in trying to do a tile project next summer, and I got hen bit in my emerged wheat. Is there a safe way to kill the bit without hurting the wheat?
0: Yeah. Yeah, you sure can. You got a number of options now. Uh, one of them that I like is wide R match. Uh, that would have – Uh, the new Elevore product in it that does a really nice job on henbit. Uh, But but yeah, you've got some different chemistries out there now that I think in the last, actually in the last two years now, there have been some major upgrades. I, I like Husky FX. They've added more um, or they've added some starring in there to, to take care of. Kosha has been one of the big holes, I guess, that guys would say, yeah, I need a full rate of Husky if I'm going to try and get that. But they, they've really cleaned that up. And I think wide match really improved by adding Elivor into their new product. They call wide R match, uh, that, that really does a nice job, uh, in a lot of these winter annuals.
4: Is there any, uh, restrictions on size of the plants? I mean, as far as the wheat, because it's, just emerge and you can row it.
0: Yeah, uh, on the early side, that's a good question of um, how much growth you need to see out there. Uh, I, I know on the on the weed size, obviously the smaller the better. How how big is the hen bit?
4: Oh, it's not very big, but I just I don't think it'd be a challenge to kill. I just don't want to ding my weed up, especially as dry as it is.
0: Yeah, I think it's interesting, though, that you, you've you identified the market opportunity here that, you know, this wheat price, uh, it's not so bad. Uh, how about fertility? Are you putting out N? Is that all kind of taken care of, or are you waiting till spring to, to really hit that a lot?
4: Well, we'll typically start applying in one once the ground cools down and then it's going to stay cool, but we're probably going to need some moisture to even get it to seal very nice at this time.
0: Yeah, that... That's right. We've had a lot of questions about that in terms of how much moisture do you need, and and yeah, if you see any puffs of anhydrous coming up, you know you're in big trouble there. Uh, do you have it? you have moisture when you get down deep, or how deep do you have to get to, to hit it?
4: That's a good question. I haven't been, <laughs> I haven't dug much to find yet. But it's been a long time since we had a rain more than about a half an inch. We're I don't even know. We got to be eight inches behind for the year. Yeah, it's
0: it's been it's been tough, no doubt about that. I I, I was just uh, out on a farm with, with a guy who was asking those same questions, and we dug down. We got about three inches down. We started hitting some moisture. We got down four or five inches. There was, I thought there was plenty of moisture for the depth that he was going to be injecting. That I thought he was going to be just fine. But um, you know, of course, you got the other side too. If you're too wet, it isn't the greatest thing either to be out there. But uh, I don't think we're running into that situation in the West.
4: I'll be, uh, that's good to hear, at least.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I think the the fall in is uh, in some areas is a big deal. I know for well, like for my brother, I always tease him about he's he just wants to be in so darn early in the spring that we got to get everything done in the fall. But it does make a lot of sense. We can get it out there, and you know, like where you guys farm. I mean, it can be awful dry next year too. We just don't know. We get that much more time to to get some moisture, get things moved down in where where we need to be, and. And that's, that's a nice thing. If we got enough moisture to get everything available for our crop that we can uptake it, uh, we're, we're in pretty good shape. I, I don't think, you know, back to your question about the spray timing, I, I'm just looking at the wide hour match label. I don't think you're going to be in a problem of being on the too early side.
4: Okay. Well, that's definitely something I'm going to try to find here as fast as I can and get her done.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, we don't know how long the good weather's going to hold out. It looks like it's going to hold out for the next week or so at least. So. So, real positive again, get, get that spraying done. Hey, Justin, thank you so much. Really appreciate you uh, talking to you here today and, and good luck with your wheat crop.
5: Thank
6: you.
0: Let's head down to Kentucky. We got Eddie on with us right now. Uh, harvest still rolling down in Kentucky, Eddie. Yes, sir. I'm just about to wrap up the beans,
6: hopefully this afternoon, and the corn should be done tomorrow. So, it's a good time down here.
0: Excellent, excellent. That's fun. What, I guess. How would you characterize this this crop? Would it be uh, pretty good, uh, not so good? What What would you say?
6: Yeah, the beans are probably the best I've ever raised. Awesome, um, but just just from the level that's in the bin. I <laughs> have, of course, I I bin everything and then capture the carry later on in the year. But uh, just from the level in the bin, it's probably the best bean crop. The corn crop's just about average. It's it's non-GMO corn, and it's you know it, it's hard to get to, to bump the yields up. Seems like for me on that, it's always some kind of weather issue or weed pressure or something gets me every year.
0: Yeah, a lot of challenges, no doubt about that. What about you know on that non-GMO corn? What's that market looking like now?
6: Well, um, I've got a niche market that uh, a feed mill buys all my corn, and it's I'm getting a really good premium for that. And then uh, a couple counties over, we've got a really big bourbon industry that uses a lot of non-GMO corn. Sure. A lot of guys, you know, they capture a good premium from that. So, uh, but yeah, I've, my mine goes strictly for animal feed, and it's it's been good to me. I've had this market for probably five six years, so I can ding the the yield a little and still come out okay with the premium on the on the corn.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I I like getting maximum dollars per bushel. (laughs) That that really helps.
6: (laughs) Yeah, I think that's kind of what it's all about.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. You know, you mentioned the beans were really good. And were you confident of that all the way through the season, or or are they surprisingly good to you here as you get out there with the combine?
6: No, they're surprisingly good. You know, we were hot and dry. The corn dinged and the beans, they just – I was really disappointed or really – that they weren't going to make anything because it was so hot and dry. And then it all of a sudden turned the spigot on and it, they just came on. of course I had a lot of stuff under them and, and went in season with some enhancing stuff. And uh, that, that really helped them I think when they were kind of uh, stressing a little. So they, uh, but they are better than I thought they were going to be after the leaves fell. And, you know, you get to see in all the pods and I actually found several four bean pods in, in the beans that I've not seen before.
0: Wow. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Well, I, I know we always say about it, about soybeans that you just don't want to give up on them because things can change and they seem to be able to put on yield or, or make the beans that much bigger, whatever the case may be, to, to improve uh, what you get out of them in the end. Hey, Eddie, great to hear you had awesome beans. Uh, good luck to you here as you finish up and, and get started with the next, next project for the fall.
6: Thanks. You too.
0: You bet. It's Farmer Friday on Ag PhD Radio. Our phone lines are open at 844-44-AG-PHD. we will be right back.
2: When nematode pressure mounts, seed-applied Trunemco provides assurance. Growers using Trunemco are seeing a difference. From early plant vigor to improved soybean and cotton yield, impressive results are everywhere. And we want to hear about yours. You could win $20,000 and be named a Trunemco Top Grower. Request your starter kit at newfarm.com forward slash top grower, but don't delay. Contest ends November 30th. No purchase necessary, void were prohibited, see full rules. newfarm.com forward slash top grower.
7: Get a clean start for your next season with Valor Herbicide Brands. Always read and follow label directions.
3: You can count on AgroLiquid for precision crop nutrition. When you don't get all your potash down in the fall, when weather or market prices change your management strategy, or when you want to balance your fertilizer program with micronutrients, AgroLiquid is ready with the products and application flexibility you want for in-season crop nutrition and the research proven results you need. Agroliquid, apply less expect more find a retailer at agroliquid.com if you've ever wondered how the farmall got its name here's an abbreviated list of the jobs the case ih farmall can do bailing cutting hay feeding hauling loading pulling raking cleaning barn mixing feed fertilizing mowing chopping seeding clearing irrigating furrowing cultivating hitching digging emergency tow harrowing hoisting leading parades excavating grading. let's make it simple this tractor does it all so no matter what you're doing, can-do comes in red. Farmall. Learn more at caseih.com farmall.
2: There's a new kind of crop protection in your territory, and it's always on the hunt. Howler fungicide unleashes multiple modes of action for proven broad-spectrum protection against soil-borne and foliar diseases. Start protecting your territory at agbiome.com howler. Did you know 20% of stored corn is often overventilated
3: by three points of moisture? On 100,000 bushels, that's a whole semi-load. Stop this problem for less with the end zone for corn from Farm Shop MFG, specially priced at $1,800 per unit while supplies last. It changes everything. So says Indiana corn grower Nathan Davis about innovative Zyway LFR fungicide from FMC. Zyway brand fungicides are the first and only at-plant corn fungicides to provide unprecedented, season-long, inside-out foliar disease protection. Discover more grower and retailer success stories at zyway.ag.fmc.com. Always read and follow all label directions.
0: listening to ag phd radio broadcasting from the morton studio today on a farmer friday taking your calls and questions at 844-44-AG-PHD got our friend shannon who is also from south dakota on next shannon how's it going
5: Pretty good. How's things going for you, Darren?
0: You know, when harvest is done and we're just doing all those other jobs out there, I just feel like we're uh, playing with house money at that point. It's like awesome. Any any good day we get like this, we just get more things done we don't have to do next spring. How about for you guys?
5: Uh, kind of. We're kind of still in the midst of harvest, so we, we're we cutting sunflowers right now. But we we'll, we got three or four days of flower harvest left, and then we're going to go back try some corn again but we got only maybe two weeks a week of maybe sunflowers and maybe a week of corn so but then it's kind of sight. thank god and the weather looks pretty good yeah
0: yeah it looks really good right now we got a great shot of getting all that done with no issues you know the sunflowers i've heard that they were not too bad this year they handled this weather fairly well for some of the guys how about how about where you guys are at
5: so yeah sunflower we was pretty dry of course. It's just kind of been a big drought, you know, in a large area. But uh, the sunflowers, they seem to take drought as good as any crop does, way better than corn. Uh, The flowers are doing very good for the year, yes. They're doing a little over a ton, 2,200 pounds or so.
0: Sure. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, and and a good price, too. So that's kind of fun when you have some yield and and you actually get a decent price for the stuff, too.
5: Yep, that's right.
0: You know, you mentioned drought and, and where you farm in the, the middle part of South Dakota, it's a pretty common thing. So I know you guys plan for that every year that, okay, we're probably not going to get an overabundance of rain. What are some of the things that you think have really helped you that that uh, for, for other guys that are kind of, well, even where we farm, I, I would say most farmers aren't planning on a drought. And when we get one, it's like, oh, no, it's not raining. And uh, I, I think that's that's a little more expected where you're at. So what do you do to be successful?
5: Oh, that's a good question. I think we probably aim a little low on our yields, like our population. We try to keep them a little lower. We're pretty conservative that way, like my corn and even our sunflowers. We don't push too high population. If we get the rain, we have a good flex here and it'll make good corn. But uh, I think that's kind of helped us in drier years. And our sunflowers, we we keep the the population pretty low with, with them and it it seemed like you know it, they do better I, I think with and if you do get some rain you still have a good yield but you might not have that you know like you guys talked two three hundred bushel corn but I mean we're happy with 150 I mean on a if you get some rain it, it yields and if you don't you still have a decent yield even in a dry year so
0: My dad talked about that a lot, too, that that he said he's he was always kind of looking at, all right, let's just plan for maybe a three quarter crop and we can always adjust in season and add a little more on some of the inputs to try to push it, add a little more nitrogen or whatever it would take. And uh, that that was kind of his strategy going into it, too, because, well, we we were in the super dry area, if you believe that, Shannon, where where we farm by Sioux Falls, according to my dad, who grew up in north central Iowa, is like, man. Uh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. That's a dry area. It's not uh, not out in the center part of the state. It, we got a long ways to go yet before we get get uh, quite a bit drier. So looking at, at next year you've been been diversifying putting in different crops. Have you had any thoughts about things that you said, man, I'd do this a little bit different next year or uh, boy, I sure like how these flowers look. We might do more of those next year. Uh, any early thoughts?
5: Ah. Uh... Somewhat a little bit. I think I'm going to try to plant my flowers a little earlier in the year to get them off a little earlier. And one crop that we haven't done much with lately, we did some grain millet, which is a small seed. They use a lot of it in bird seed. And uh, it's a It's so we would follow like our spring wheat, or no, I'm sorry, our sunflowers. Like next spring, we'll plant maybe some millet in there. But usually, and millet takes very little rain it's a good drought crop it if you just get a couple half inch showers millet can really do good on on uh, just a couple it, it's it thrives on them little light rains it doesn't like a big two inch rain but you know if you could just get under a couple thunderstorms millet grain millet really likes that and you can straight cut it that's one other reason we're kind of looking at that for next year
0: yeah, I saw up in northern South Dakota there were a number of guys that, that were doing that this year. It looked like they had a pretty decent crop.
5: Yep. Yeah, it can be that millet can can yield really good if you. Ours wasn't that good. Like I said, we were just so dry and we hardly got a rain on it. But I mean, it is what it is. You just got to take 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 what you get, and we're happy with what we got. So. Yeah. Lot of, always next year. This is always next year, country. <laughs>
0: yeah. No, I know what you mean. It's it's well, and and even where we farm, Shannon, it's it's a lot about setting us up for next year. Of oh, okay. Well, here's what happened this year, but let's let's see if we can make it yep. even better next year, and and look back at all right. We could have done that a little different. I love 2020 hindsight, uh, when especially when it's me yep. looking back at my own decisions. Not Brian so much. He's not quite as kind looking back at all my mistakes for the year.
5: Yeah, well, tell him everybody makes mistakes. Just remind him of that.
0: So. Oh, I I just remind him of his grain marketing, and that's all it takes, Shannon. I usually can get him to stop.
5: Yep.
0: There you go. <laughs> well, good luck to you. Here, you got a couple weeks yet of uh, of hard going here with harvest, but uh, it, by the same token, it's kind of some fun work too. So, nice talking to you, Shannon.
5: Yep. Beautiful day. Thanks, Darren. Yep.
0: You bet. Yeah. Well, hopefully, we'll keep those beautiful days coming. I uh, said down to Missouri. We got Dave on with us right now. How's it going,
8: Dave? Great. How are you doing?
0: Pretty good. Well, we were talking to Eddie over in Kentucky earlier, and he was saying about corn in their area heading over, uh, and they've got a bunch of guys that, well, you you know what Kentucky's about. Bourbon is a big deal over there. Uh, I I know in the past we talked about whiskey and that kind of stuff with corn in your area. What's where's your corn go? Well,
8: our our corn, we're actually west-central Illinois, and our corn typically goes – to the Illinois River, usually, oh. eventually, when we sell it, we uh, yeah we're uh, we're pretty much done with corn and beans at least on all my ground. So, excellent.
0: That's a good had, feeling. Uh, so so what's next then? After you get harvest all done, you guys got drainage work to do, or dirt work, or just fertility work?
8: We got we got all of the above. I talked to you earlier this year. We corn on uh, one one of the farms is a uh, lighter timber soil. And we had an outbreak of chickweed, which was terrible. We, it was too wet to spray early like we'd like to. And so we had this chickweed just went crazy. Um, so we ended up no tilling the corn into the standing chickweed and then burn it down. Uh, that, that corn was the lowest corn we had. That was only came up to like 213 dry per acre. Uh, on better ground, we had 247, so. That was pretty exciting, and then uh, on that lighter soil farm where the corn uh, didn't do very well, the beans went crazy. They were the best beans we had at seventy three. Interesting, so,
0: interesting. I know.
8: Yeah, we, we yeah. used to
0: see that on our farm where where our beans wouldn't do as good as the corn, uh, and and other fields where the corn would do or where the beans would do much better. And one of the things that we saw was what our availability was like on. On potassium, that seemed to be the limiting thing on our farm. We had some high magnesium ground that that was usually where we struggled. Have you have you correlated it to anything? I know you got a soil type difference there. Is there a fertility difference in that ground too?
8: Well, uh, there, I don't know. That's it's kind of hard. The only problem with that ground is it's really hard to duplicate what you did the year before. I'll say that we are looking closely at potassium and magnesium on the the light timber soil farm as a matter of fact we're we're in the process of uh, grabbing some soil samples now and uh excellent we've got to do a plan for that we're going to spray this fall to, to get ahead of that chickweed uh we don't want to go through that again that that corn that was planted into the chickweed you know the plan was just no till it in burn it down like normal and we didn't think it would have that big of an effect but uh that corn really looked terrible until uh oh, mid-late July, where the chickweed was standing. It was lighter color, and, oh, man, it, it's scary driving by.
0: Yeah, Brian is just talking it's, about uh, uh, crop protection prices going into next year and looking at them in terms of return on investment. Well, you just need one of those weed outbreaks in your career, and you're like, yeah, it's worth, it's worth the money, no doubt about that. Uh, hey, Dave, great talking to you here. We'll let you run. Uh, we'll be right back after this.
3: Get more durability for less downtime with Soil Warrior Strip Tillage from environmental tillage systems. Improve fertilizer efficiency and reduce passes and fuel usage. Now that's ROI. Learn more about ETS at SoilWarrior.com. Get
4: maximum spray drift control with Pentair Hypro Ultra Low Drift Max Nozzles. The ideal nozzle for dicamba and 240 applications, providing up to 95% drift reduction. Ensure you get the best coverage on hard-to-hit targets. Learn more at Pentair.com
3: Hypro.
2: When nematode pressure mounts, seed-applied Trunemco provides assurance. Growers using Trunemco are seeing a difference. From early plant vigor to improved soybean and cotton yield, impressive results are everywhere. And we want to hear about yours. You could win $20,000 and be named a Trunemco Top Grower. Request your starter kit at newfarm.com forward slash top grower, but don't delay. Contest ends November 30th. No purchase necessary, void were prohibited, see full rules. newfarm.com forward slash top grower. In a world of Veltema Fungicide.
1: Hey, let's do it less dramatic. Just say Veltema Fungicide.
8: Okay, Veltema Fungicide.
1: No, that's literally the same.
8: Veltema fungicide.
1: Still doing it.
8: Veltema fungicide does it.
1: Seriously, we just need you to say Veltema fungicide, swift, simple, and secure.
8: Didn't I? Veltema fungicide from BASF in cornfields this summer.
3: Always read and follow label directions.
0: Get the most out of every acre of your farm by attending Ag PhD's workshops and clinics this winter. I'm Darren Hefty. My brother Brian and I are hosting several free workshops throughout January and February with seven full days of events on the docket, including agronomy workshops in corn, soybeans, and wheat, a tiling clinic, two days dedicated to soils, plus a whole day devoted to natural and biological products. We have a lot of great information that we can't wait to share. And best of all, these events are free. Register today at agphd.com.
7: It takes balance to be successful in farming because what you get out of it
0: Welcome back. You're listening to AGPHD Radio. We're broadcasting from the Martin Studio today on a Farmer Friday. That's where we take your calls and questions throughout the entire show. We don't have any agenda today. Just whatever you want to talk about is fine. It's 844 44 AGPHD. I got an email that came in from CV and he said, "I am I I'm a young guy down here in Senegal and I'm passionate about working the land. Uh, I really appreciate the advice and and uh, just always trying to get better. Hey, thanks a lot, CV. Really appreciate that. Uh, good luck to you down there. And yeah, hopefully you're able to utilize our content and you can find a lot of stuff from Ag PhD online as well. So you can look back over a number of years now, a growing number of years uh, about some of the different things that we've done. And honestly, you can kind of see our farm progress over the years too. And just some of the things that we were focusing on. 10 years ago 20 years ago that hey we've gotten these things fixed now we're working on the next thing so kind of fun when you're you're coming into the game now and you've got all those years of experience that that other folks not just us but uh, everybody in the industry is, has learned so you got got a lot of things you can learn from there so hopefully you don't make a lot of the same mistakes that we did good luck to you really appreciate that thanks for your support let's head back to the phone lines here We've got Gary up in Ontario on with us now. Gary, how's it going? Pretty good. So what's happening on your farm? You guys all wrapped up or you still got a ways to go?
9: Uh, no, don't know. Uh, we're looking at maybe done by Monday. Awesome. That's where we're, that's, uh, and that'll be an early finish for us. Yeah. Uh, it's been a pretty straight run from day one with maybe two rain events during harvest and that's about it, but we're, quite dry we've been dry all summer and uh yields are off of what they should be uh but there are some surprises out there depending on the popcorn showers that happen around if you got one you got some yield and if you didn't you don't so
0: yeah and it's amazing how how that can be just the next field over caught it and we didn't catch it i i look at a lot of the uh, weather stations around our our area, and our farm is not too spread out, but but a little bit. And, yeah, we just had some showers here yesterday, and in some fields we got four tenths of an inch and thought, well, hey, that's that's better than nothing. And other fields, we didn't get anything. So we'll we'll take whatever we can get whenever we can. I know exactly what you mean. Some of those fields, just one one rain made it made a huge difference,
9: yeah, or timing of uh, crop stage and timing, you know, like, you might have had a 65 bushel corn or a soybean field and uh that caught a timely rain in the cornfield two roads over that uh that uh wasn't you know got the same rain but uh didn't benefit from the yield the yield boost on it so um so it was exceptionally dry year around here um but uh We're strip tilling here, and a lot of those farms seem to uh, corn or the cornfields seem to hold their water a little bit longer. Maybe get another seven days out of out of uh, our water holding capacity in them because of the amount of residue that's on top of the ground. I don't know what it is, but it uh, it, they, they seem to look better.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It made a difference. I, I'd say the same thing where, where we were strip tilling, it seemed like they hung on a little longer, tolerated it for just a little further into the season. And, and that can be a big deal sometimes. Sometimes the week's all you need and, and things turn and, and you made it through. Hey, one other thing that we noticed Gary, I just want to compare notes here. Cause we were dry this summer too. Did you notice your test weight on your corn was up? A lot of the guys we've been talking to in the dry area said, man, those, there weren't as many kernels out there, but boy, they were sure heavy.
9: Uh, I no, I'm going to say we're a little uh, like, you know, we came off of like a real bumper crop last year and, and it was not only just kernels, it was test weight and we're off of that, we're off of that number, but we're holding a 56, uh, you know, to 58 pound test weight, nothing extreme, like uh, a good crop here would be 60 pounds.
0: Yep. Yep. Yeah. We ended up with a lot of 60 to even a little bit better and, uh, I know the guys are pretty happy with that in the area. That well, at least, at least that part worked out, and that usually is good when it comes to storing the grain too for for good, hard, uh, heavy kernels too. Uh, okay, so looking back, you got just a couple of days left to harvest here, but uh, crop rotation for next year probably the same thing. Are you, you putting soybeans into a lot of the corn ground, or how do you guys do it?
9: uh, we no-till soybeans into our corn stalks, and all our Corn ground is, uh, everything that's going to go to corn is already stripped, uh, all our fall tillage is complete other than the only thing we have to do is uh, level off some tiled farms that we, we tiled 250 acres and they got to get leveled off a little bit before winter sets in or, or wet weather, I guess. And, and that's about the only job we got to do other than clean up.
0: Yep. Awesome. Now on the tiling, is it pattern tile or you got enough uh, up and down in your fields that you could just kind of spot tile?
9: No, no. No, we tile twenty five feet apart. Wow. Awesome. Pattern. Yeah. Or right. and there could be systems in there that are dated back into the seventies or sixties or seventies that we just go right through. Yeah. Just, yeah. Brand new system.
0: Yep. Yep. Yeah, we got a little tile line to do here uh, coming up in this next week, and I know there's a little bit of tile in there that, that's old, and that's kind of what our guys have decided, too. They're like, you know what? We're just going through it, and some of those lines might already be partially filled in or whatnot, and we're just not going to take the chance. We're just going to put new stuff in and roll right through.
9: Yeah, we do it. Uh, like, we grow a little bit of wheat. Wheat is our tile rotation, so you know uh, if there's a farm that needs tiling, we, we usually put uh, winter weed in it and then, and then get the guys out uh, in July and August and tile it and hope Mother Nature gets it settled a little bit more and then we take care of it and, like this time of year and finish it off and get it ready for planting.
0: Sure. Sure. What are what do the ag bankers think about tile there? I know in um well in Iowa and Minnesota areas that have been tiling for a long time, the ag bankers have just been great. They they've said, Yeah, you're buying some ground, it needs some tile, no problem. We just roll it right in with the financing of the land. Uh do they are the bankers pretty positive about tiling up there?
9: I uh, I've never heard anything Yeah, it's Yeah, they, I've never heard any different. Like, yeah, they just And just, we just tell them we're tiling and that's just the way it is. (laughs) Yep. They don't don't say anything.
0: Yep. Yeah. Out here in the West, it's relatively new, even though tiling has been done for years and years and. Uh, so it they, they just ask some questions out here and and which is fine it's good to good to try and understand things but yeah it's just amazing as you get into different areas where there isn't as much tiling done what they do but i i like what you're doing you're doing 25 foot spacing you're doing it just let's do it right let's do it the right the first time it's not i'll put 100 in because we don't want to spend the money or invest the money let's just put it in at 25 and be done i, I like that approach
9: yeah we' are replacing like stuff that was done in the 60s that are like 50 feet apart and randomly you know some runs went this way some runs went that way but we pretty well do a like a 45 degree angle and put more mains in is what we do uh, to cut through so our tile depths are always consistent and uh, yeah we just re. those farms are getting retiled into 25 foot spacings
0: so at 25 foot are you four inch tile or or what's your tile diameter
9: four inch four inch tile sure sure
0: so then if you get a bunch of mains you don't have to go too terrible big so are you guys doing the work yourselves or you have a contractor that does
9: it? no 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 we get contractor come in sure sure yeah
0: nope that's That's interesting much work that's too much work (laughs) work it's definitely a lot of work there's no doubt about that yeah well, fortunately, you're getting good weather, too. So for, for the guys to get that done, like the way you're doing it with the wheat rotation, I love that. you got good weather to do it in, and it's warm, and uh, that, that sure
9: helps a lot. Yeah.
0: Well, Gary, great talking to you here. Good luck here as you wrap up harvest and, and uh, head into the next season.
9: Okay. Appreciate it. Thank
0: you. You bet. Thank you. Yeah. Tiling is, man, it's one of those things for our farm. We, and we try and do a a lot of it ourselves that it ends up being after harvest in a lot of cases, or if we're doing it in the spring, once we get crop planted, we'll, we'll tile right into crop, not on 25 foot spacings like Gary's doing, but at least getting some mains in there, um, or, or, dealing just with a problem area or something like that on fields. But by after harvest here, it, it can get cold and that's what I'm kind of excited about this year for our tiling that that's going to happen next week. It's still warm, still uh, 60s for highs. That's that's not bad at all. You don't mind uh, doing some of that that uh, dirty work outdoors when it's nice like that. All right, we'll get right back to your calls and questions after this. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio.
3: Go long for season-long foliar disease protection that starts at plant. Only Zyway brand fungicides from FMC provide season-long foliar disease protection from the start. Active ingredient flutriophol moves through your corn plants as they grow for inside-out protection from roots to tassel. Growers and retailers are sharing their Zyway brand fungicide success stories at zyway.ag.fmc.com. Always read and follow all label directions.
7: Get a clean start for your next season with Valor Herbicide Brands. Always read and follow label directions.
0: Get the most out of every acre of your farm by attending Ag PhD's workshops and clinics this winter. I'm Darren Hefty. My brother Brian and I are hosting several free workshops throughout January and February with seven full days of events on the docket, including agronomy workshops in corn, soybeans, and wheat, a tiling clinic, Two days dedicated to soils plus a whole day devoted to natural and biological products. We have a lot of great information that we can't wait to share. And best of all, these events are free. Register today at AgPhd.com. Applying fallen hydrus, you know the challenges.
1: Too warm, too wet, too cold. Hi, I'm Greg Souter at 360 Yield Center. I've shifted my nitrogen application to spring and summer. By applying my base of N with the planter, I'm putting it near the seed right before the plant needs it. Then I wide Y-drop at V10 and apply exactly what the crop needs. Don't push an application window and risk losing your nitrogen. Learn more about a base plus nitrogen strategy at 360yieldcenter.com.
7: This is Stormy Fields with your weather forecast. Today calls for a high of 68 degrees with sunny skies and not a cloud in sight.
2: Planting windows can close fast, so
3: when you need both speed and accuracy, choose John Deere. Our exact Emerge planters and Precision Ag technologies give you precise seed placement for uniform emergence and the efficiency you need to gain ground. See what you have to gain at johndeere.com slash gainground.
0: Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. We're broadcasting from the Morton studio today, and we're taking your calls and questions all throughout the show here on a Farmer Friday. It's 844-44-AG-PHD, and you can email us, radio at agphd.com. Let's head down to Texas now. Got Carl on with us. Carl, how's it going? Well,
10: we're finally getting some rain. But now we're trying to plant wheat and now we're getting rained out doing that,
0: <laughs> of course
10: everything got burned up this summer all the probably ninety nine percent of the soybeans in this whole country got bailed for hay so they gonna make they didn't make nothing and the Milo got bailed for hay um, what little corn it was got combined and then it got bailed for hay so I mean it was it was pretty bad, but we're moving on, I
0: guess. Yeah, kind of. Sometimes it's just nice to have that crop gone, so you don't have to look at it anymore, and uh, and you're yeah. right, just move on.
10: Yeah, well, it saved on combine repair parts.
0: Well, that's true. You didn't have to do all that trucking. Uh, I mean, I kind of like doing the yeah. trucking since we get a paycheck at the end. That's kind of a nice thing about it. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. You got to yeah, make the was, best of what was, you can.
10: It was, it was kind of a shock not to have to. That I mean, they were talking like two thousand acres, and every combine an acre. So, but my question today is, what do you know about research?
0: The fertilizer additive? Yeah. Um, well, I don't know much about that. I guess what uh, I guess what are you what are you looking at? What are you thinking about with it?
10: Well, what we're doing the fertilizer company is. We're putting research in the in the fertilizer, and there, it sounds like you get almost twice as much out of your fertilizer. Um, so you're cutting back on the fertilizer, but you can put research in there and get a lot of good out of, you know, more good out of your fertilizer. dry fertilizer.
0: Yep. What does it cost? How much more does it cost to do that?
10: Uh, it's eight dollars an acre. Okay. But like we're putting out 150 pounds. It's, it's it's eight dollars an acre. Yep.
0: What do you so, know? What the active ingredient is, or how it works?
10: No, no. I just we were so busy. They just they said they could save me some money if I could use that, and so that's what we're doing. Because that fertilizer is high as of.
8: Yeah,
0: yeah, it is certainly high, no doubt about that. Well, I guess I'm just looking no. on, just looking online, just to see what I can see on research, and it looks like it might be a humic acid type product, which, uh, which is fine. Uh, I've got no no issue with humics at all. I I kind of like humics going out there at the same point. Eight bucks. Uh, I'm not sure if that's a fair price for the rate that you're getting or not. It it sure could be. Um, I, I guess what I've seen with humix, we, we have seen a little better uptake of nutrients in general. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be twice as much or anything like that, but, um, but we have seen a little better activity with uh, uh, microbial action around that fertility to, to get it into an available form and into the plant. So I, I don't have any problem trying it. With most new things, uh, we, we like to figure out what they are and if it makes common sense. And this one makes some common sense. Uh, I, I think that could definitely work. Uh, But then, you know, we're often trying things out on a small scale to see, okay, well, it's eight bucks. Uh, All right. I got a 80 acre field over here. That's 600 bucks. I've done a lot dumber things on the farm. If we, if we throw away uh, 600 bucks, we've, we've made lots of those mistakes this year again, I'm sure. Um, I got Brian on right now too. Brian, uh, we're talking about uh, adding a humic acid type product to a dry fertilizer application. It costs eight bucks an acre. Just kind of curious, you know, what your thoughts are. I guess my recommendation is just, yeah, try it and try it on a small scale and just see if it works first. And if it works great, then do it on more acres next year.
1: What are the soil well, conditions can... like?
0: Well, oh, it's been really dry. They're finally uh, catching some rain now. They had to yeah, bail but I mean, the. Yeah, heavy
5: soil,
1: light soil, high fertility, low fertility. Oh, it's, it's uh mm.
10: well, the. Fertility is pretty low now. and uh, But it's clay. I mean, it's heavy, most of it's heavy clay, and uh, with a pH from 6, 7 up to 8, 4, 5.
1: Okay, I was just going to say where we've seen the best results with humic acid has been when the soil conditions aren't what we would call perfect. And especially when you start mentioning 8 pH, uh, that's what we would, we would not call that perfect. And uh, so we have a little bit of that kind of stuff too we've had to deal with over the years. So we feel for you. And yeah, it's probably worth a try on that, that kind of ground.
10: Well, we're just trying to get by another year and save a little bit of money because it's already costing 70 bucks an acre for fertilizer. And uh, we're not yep. getting, what we, of course, what we need and that's what the research is supposed to help get more out of it. And uh, so, anyway, we're trying it, but sure. we were the ground, the soil is working better than it ever has. I've been farming forty-something years, and I've never seen the soil this mellow. And I guess it's because it was so dry, and we got five inches of rain at the end of August. I think it was in September. I can't remember now. But anyway, it all went to the ground. It never left the field. And three days later nice. on heavy clay soil, you could... You know, and uh, but yeah. it mellowed the soil. So I don't know if we're going to get more out of our soil because it is that mellow. Normally, it's just gooey clay.
1: Sure. And, uh, it's possible. So, and the other thing, if it's been hot and dry, that usually means a little more organic matter mineralization and stuff. So, yeah, it's, it, it's very possible. And... For an $8 try on something, for as much as fertilizer is today, it it's certainly worth it.
10: Well, they've been selling it for a couple of years, and the guys that have been using it are wanting it again. Sure. So I'm just, yep. You know, I don't know. Um, I used carbon uh, for years in the furrow, and it made a big difference, yep. and I guess that thing big also. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyway, that was my question. They're really pushing that product and hopefully it'll work, but I, I never heard of it until <laughs> this year.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we've been experimenting with Humix for quite a few years now, and there certainly is a fit. But like I say, where we've seen it do the best is on when soil conditions aren't perfect. So let's just say, for example, you had super high fertility, you had, your pH was 6.5, and everything was like perfect out there. That's where we have not seen the humic pay as well. So what you're describing sounds to me like that's got a better chance than not to work.
10: Yeah, well, that field is one of my fields. It's four eight up to eight two in the same field. So <laughs>
1: wow. Yep. Got you. I,
10: okay. Yeah. But anyway, that's what I wanted to ask. But yeah, it's been another tough year. So maybe next year better.
0: Well, it's good to yeah. hear we are getting yep. a little bit of rain now. Hopefully, at least that gets the wheat off to the start once you get that in the ground.
10: Yeah, once we get it in. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep raining until December you won't get it in. But, oh well.
0: Well, good luck to you, Carl. Really oh. appreciate talking to you today. Yeah.
10: Alright, thanks.
0: You bet. Alright, Brian, uh, we'll dive into the Ag PhD mailbag here. If Janelle allows it. <laughs> Okay, got another Texas question here. And Carl was from Texas, but get another one here. Uh, That's from from, uh, TH who says, Guys, uh, I'm using a product called Decomp on a no-till field here down in Texas, a microbial product trying to help break residue down. Uh, I'm trying not to uh, necessarily completely break it down, but at least make it more fragile in front of uh, shark-tooth row cleaners. On average, now, November normally would be a 60 degree weather, December 55, January is Mm -hmm. even 49 where I'm I'm at. So it stays pretty warm Mm -hmm. through the winter. We're still going to have microbial activity out there. And I'm assuming a lot of the residue between the rows could be gone uh, and the remaining stocks, uh, maybe they'll be a little easier to break down. Just kind of curious what you think and if there's some other tips you'd have to try and get the most out of residue breakdown.
1: Sure. The only other thing I would add, well, first of all, with microbial products, we love them when you have heat. If there's zero heat, let's say it's 32 degrees or below the whole time, it's not going to do you a whole lot of good. But when it's above freezing, great. Okay. Otherwise, nitrogen and sulfur. So I'd look at how much nitrogen and sulfur are in your residue. If you have none, then you could certainly add that as well. That will help speed the breakdown.
0: Yeah, thanks for the question. We really appreciate that i uh, got one here from Vlad. He said, guys, I wanted to thank you. Uh, you've had some extremely insightful uh, videos and materials out there with Ag PhD. Uh, it's really inspiring for me. Hey, thanks, Vlad. We really appreciate that. Thanks for, for enjoying the content. And, of course, if you got any agronomic questions along the way, please send them in. Thanks for listening to our show today. Be sure to join us again each weekday for more Ag PhD Radio.